Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Impact Investing Podcast. We've been away for a week, missed a week. Um, Tom was attending the coronation, I believe, and I was at Eurovision. Yeah, I was just sat a few rows behind Charles, <laughs> Charlie boy. It was, it was moving, emotional. Did well, you celebrate the coronation um, in Disneyland? I was in Disneyland, so no. I was in the real kingdom. Disgraceful. Um, so this week uh, we're going to look at, well, we're going to do a bit, we're nearly halfway through the year. We're going to take a look at the big topics that we flagged at the tar- start of the year, which were inflation and um, interest rates and markets. So we're going to have a quick look at that. Um, US, Europe and the UK. But first, Tom, mm-hmm. with a week of absence, um, I imagine you've got a jam-packed admin corner um no not jump packs um so send us your questions um we'll do a Q&A episode at some point soon um to uh, podcast.circa5000.com um like subscribe um on spotify apple share with your friends watch the videos on youtube um chart news i would presume we dropped out of the charts completely however we remain in the latvian charts and we yep. and we remain in the Swiss charts, um, the goal of this week is to get back into Chile. So if you're listening in Chile, share it with your friends, please. And some of the news from this um, last week in our in our absence, mm. um, we, well, not we, because we weren't invited, but <laughs> some of the team attended the <laughs> British Bank Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, are they the... Yeah, the British Bank Awards yeah. and Circa 5000 won Highly Commended Best Investments Provider. So Big news. Sounded like you forgot the name of the company then. Circa, what was it? 5000, oh yeah. Well, I, you know, I didn't pay any when, attention to it because I wasn't invited. So Yeah, well, when the picture went on social media, a few people contacted me saying, how come you weren't there? <laughs> I was like, I wasn't invited by, by our own team. <laughs> Cheers. But in our absence, they, uh, they picked yeah. up an award. So um, shall we dive straight in, Let's Tom? go for so, it. Um, um, well, we should say on the British Bank Awards, thanks for everybody who voted. Yeah, thank so, you. Just, I mean, <laughs> just for context, we're up against some of the biggest, you know, financial institutions in the UK. In the world. In the world. Um, <laughs> in Great Britain. Um, and so we did amazingly well, and that's thanks to the people that voted. So, yeah, thank you very much. And the tireless work of the Circa 5000 team, who obviously didn't think it was worth inviting either of us to those <laughs> awards, but, you know. You've got to, give, you've got to let the people who do the work go. Exactly. Um, so, um, inflation, Tom, good news is it's all sorted. It's all sorted. Nothing to worry about. Um, and so, yeah, the big themes of this year, um, two of the big themes, inflation and interest rates. And so we're going to have a quick look at how this has been, uh, with kind of the current state of play in the US, the Eurozone and the UK, um, and kind of where we're up to and what people are thinking looking ahead. So if you, if we start with the, with the US, um, inflation has actually started to come down in the US. So they're at about 4.93% specifically, um, uh, as the last count of inflation and their, their base rate, um, interest rate is 5%. And so we have seen inflation cooling in the US, but there are still concerns around a measure that is called core inflation. So that strips out um, volatile um, elements of inflation calculations like food and energy prices. Um, but core inflation is still remaining stubbornly high. Um, and, and when you look at US inflation, 
it's not being driven by like one major factor. There's, it's kind of broadly felt um, across different baskets of things that go into and go into that inflationary number. And so if you, if you think about the US, and this is true of the other economies as well, but there was obviously been post-COVID a huge deployment of cash that was pent up and saved during, during, corona, uh, during the COVID period and supply chains um, um, were severely disrupted. And so you had a lot of money flowing into you know, fewer goods and services. Um, and so in the US, you've seen things like, I think at one point um, last year, um, used car prices were going up about 40%. Uh, annually, and house prices have, have also boomed um, in the US. And so, the the in, whilst inflation has come down, core inflation remains. Um, however, they've raised interest rates, obviously, you know, record levels as other other major economies have done. And now, economists looking at the US are wondering: Well, one, have they done enough to kind of tame inflation? Um, looking ahead, the next six to twelve to eighteen months, um, or is more needed to get it? to get inflation down to what is the target of 2% for most, you know, major economy central banks. Um, and so there is, if you think about how markets have behaved this year in the US, and we'll, we'll think about the other regions and what people are saying now in the US context, um, the S&P 500, the, the biggest 500 companies in the, in the US is up 8% year to date. So, you yeah. know, a pretty good market return year to date for the biggest um, uh, US 500 companies. Um, and most economists are now saying that by 2025, the 2% inflation will be back. And f- from here, things will start to kind of um, look a little bit better in terms of the pace of interest rate increases. There was some wording from the Fed, the, the US central bank that indicated that they expect that now they've kind of hit the peak of the interest rate rises. Yeah. Um, and so looking at the US in that context, I think there's some uh, there's some positives to take from where we're up to right now and what we expect over the next six to 12, 18 months. Yeah, I mean, interesting about that US market performance figure mm-hmm. of 8%, obviously 8% is more like what you'd expect in a year, an average year. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, somewhere between 7 and 10% an average year is normal. Yeah. Um, but... The interesting thing about that is that it's being driven a lot by the tech giants. Yes. So you've got companies, Alphabet, which is Google, Amazon, Apple, Meta, which is Facebook, Microsoft, NVIDIA, the big chip maker, and Tesla are responsible together for 86% of the total market performance in the UK, in the US, sorry, um, which is absolutely insane. Mm. Here's another insane thing for you, Tom, in terms of stats. Apple's market cap on its own is now bigger than the Russell 2000 combined. So for those who don't know, the Russell 2000 is is sort of the small and mid-cap index in the US. So 2,000 small and mid-cap companies in the US. Apple on its own is bigger than those 2,000 companies put together. Mm. So what is is clear in the US is, is you're seeing that these, you've got these absolutely humongous companies mm. like trillion dollar multiple trillion dollar valuations yeah. um and when they perform well because of these because these indices are market cap weighted i.e they're weighted on the size of the company then they they drag those indices either up or down and because they've all had a good uh first half of the year or start to the year um you know it's it's dragged them all up. Yeah. So, you know, wow. Facebook is up 74%, Google up 20%, Amazon is up 24%, Apple is up 27%, NVIDIA's up 85%, Tesla's up 32%. So, you know, the, it's the effect on those group of eight companies that has that has been driving the US um, yeah. 
returns, basically. So there's probably con- there's probably more concerns in that, really. I would say, you know, if you look at the overall US economy, because it implies that the the rest of the S and P 500 is not doing that well. Yes, exactly. So all the all the positive news is is just in the small group of mega companies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, just because of their size, they just distort those numbers yeah. anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's you would normally expect sort of over the long term, you'd expect smaller cap stocks to maybe yeah maybe perform better than larger cap expect. stocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's hard to add twenty five percent in value onto a company that's already worth <laughs> two or three trillion dollars. Amazing. But, um, Apple will have more money offshore that they're not paying tax on to do something with. Absolutely. Than ever before. Absolutely. Um, when all this period, we're going to the Eurozone, and the second one of this period kind of kicked off. There was everyone's try, was trying to draw parallels with some previous period of history so we can learn yeah. something about it. People were saying the 1970s was was similar in the, in, in the sense of an energy shock and that causing in, inflation. But more recently, people have been saying that this period now reminds people of like the post World War II 1940s, where there was obviously a lot of pent-up savings. Um, there was a massive government stimulus in the aftermath of, of World War II and then a sudden change in consumer demand after the war. And that obviously re- led to inflation, but it did temper over time without massive continued central bank action. Um, and so I think people, when looking at the US more specifically, and maybe the maybe the Eurozone, think that this is the beginning of the end of the interest rate rises, or at least people hope. Yeah, yeah. Um so are we on to Eurozone? Let's do it. So, um, yeah, so we're at 6.9% inflation across the Eurozone um, and interest rates coming from a, from a lower place mm-hmm. are up at 3.75%. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the Eurostox index is up 12% year to date. Now, I don't have any stats on what's driven Come that. on. So, Make you know, up. okay, Nestle have done it all. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Selling more chocolate than ever before. <laughs> um, that that is not true. Um, it's probably the French luxury goods companies. Well, yeah, LVMH is is a peak market cap it's ever been. Yeah. It's actually the biggest company in Europe now, isn't it? So, yeah. actually, richest man in the world. Let's just say that then. Let's just say that. Let's just say. Don't it's that. anyone check it. But, I mean, that's <laughs> going to be in part because it's now it, it's had a it's had a um, it's had a great start to the year. Yeah. Um, Bernard Arnaud is now one of the richest, if not for a moment, he was the richest man yeah. in the world this year. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, forecast there is inflation is set to peak in 2024. Mm. Um, so, sorry, inter- I think that's interest rates. Sorry, that's peak, interest, interest, rate, interest yeah. rates expected to peak in 2024. Inflation is past the peak now. Yeah. Um, you know, it was in double digits. Yep. It's now it's now starting to come off. And what you're seeing actually in the US and the and the Eurozone is when inflation mm. starts to come off, it's starting to come off quite heavily. Yes. It was hit the peak at sort of double digits, 10-ish. Yeah. And then it starts to fall off like mm. in like two or three percentage points. Yeah. It's not sort of, it's not a slow fall down really. Yeah. Um, it's what the central bankers were hoping would kind yeah. of would happen in those two jurisdictions, those geographies. And then, um, and then we're, but we're thinking that basically interest rates, high interest rates will sort of knock off about 2% um, in growth each year over yeah. the next three years. Um, and, and I think it's, this is the balance now, isn't it, really, in terms of yeah. you've got interest rates up, you're clearly having some effect on the headline inflation mm. number as a result. But the key is now, if you hold interest rates high, 
it starts to feed into yeah. economic growth. Yeah. Now, what you don't want is you don't want economic growth coming in too hot again because yeah. all that does is push the inflation number yeah. back up. Yeah. But you also don't want to hold them too high where you end up forcing yeah. the major economies into a prolonged and deep recession. Yeah. Now, there's quite a lot of thing, things out there saying that the US was going into like a shallowish recession. Yeah. Eurozone may be something similar. Mm. But what everyone's trying to do this like soft landing where they 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 ham up the interest rate quickly, get inflation down, mm. hold it for just about long enough. And then when you've got prices under control, you can you can start to trim the interest rates off. Yeah. And you can stay you can fuel a bit of growth without without firing up inflation again. Yeah. It's a real that sounds to me on the face of it like that won't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds quite <laughs> difficult, doesn't it, with these major economies, but also because these interest rate rises are lagging, right? So you, yes. you can pump a rate rate up. And it takes a few months for that rate to yeah. bed itself into the economy, um, and then you you have you're having to sort of bring rate rates down mm. or or stabilize them before you quite know what the effect of the last rise was. Yeah, because um, you're always it's always rear view mirror mm. stuff. So it's it's and then what happens is people tend to hold off, and then you end up having to overreact to correct. Yeah. And that's that's basically what these that, things are. That's the problem with these persistent rate rises is the, the the effects of the previous one isn't fully baked into the economy yet. Yeah. And you lower and layer another one on. But I mean, admitting that these rates in these rate rises in the eurozone, eurozone are going to hit growth by two percent each year or next year. It's massive. It's massive, yeah. It's massive how it affects people's lives on the on the ground. It's a huge chunk of GDP just gone for three years. I mean the other thing as well is that 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 you shouldn't ignore is the fact that in the context of 10 plus percent inflation four or five percent found sounds palatable yeah, it sounds but like this good. is another four or five percent on top of prices that yes. have already gone up yeah, yeah, yeah. on average 10 percent yeah. but some sectors have seen rises of much more than that so yeah. you know this is not oh and they've gone down again yeah and then they're going up again no. no this is this is everything's additional yeah any inflation is prices going up yeah and you know five percent is 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 yeah. uh, you know significantly above the two percent yeah. target that most central banks have. Yeah. Your weekly big shop is not going down in price; it's just going up slightly less in certain jurisdictions. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I judge my. This is how you, my yeah. monthly inflation is my weekly big shop. Um, on to the UK, always an outlier, never for positive reasons <laughs> um, anymore. Um, so inflation at ten percent still. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that is forecast to the, the inflation numbers come out later this month in the next ten days or so. I think that is forecast to see a a drop. A drop. That'd be nice. Whether we see that or not, yeah, you know, remains to be seen. But I think it's sort of. I think the UK numbers are, are lagging the others slightly, but there is expected to be a drop. Yeah, from that ten percent when the latest numbers come out for yeah. April. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. We'll see. Base rate, 4.5%. So we're all in the ballpark of the similar base rates. Bank of England warned it won't hit its inflation target until 2025. So that's 2% inflation. And there's a 50% probability that it will be higher than 2% in 2026. I don't know how they calculate these things, but um, but they, they still think that inflation will be above target by 2026. Or half think that it's going to be that. I mean, the other thing as well is that within all these, you know, US, Eurozone, UK is... There's nothing to say that it won't go back up. No, no, no. There could be another unforeseen shock. You know, the there's a pr- another price shock comes into the system, yeah, and and blows out, you know, a sector, yeah. energy, food, whatever it is, and all of a sudden you you you're back chasing inflation again. Yeah, yeah. 
The interesting thing about our inflation, I mean, come on to why it's higher and why why people think it's higher in, than Eurozone or the US, but they, this Bank of England, and obviously the forecast that, that, that Jeremy Hunt put out in his uh, statement was based on us either having a mild recession or kind of there or thereabouts. The economy's doing slightly better than that, which yeah. is good news on the surface. Just despite all your negativity. Despite all my negativity. <laughs> Despite, oh, well, I mean, there's still there's still lots for me to say. I could carry on, but um, but because of that, that adds inflationary pressure. So inflation is higher than what they were expected right now, partially because the economy is doing better. But I think that's probably a minor component of it. The other reasons why inflation is higher, there's some things that are more unique to us than those yeah. two other places. One is not to bash Brexit, but one's non non Brexit related. One is we use more gas to, to, to heat our homes in other countries. Yeah. US is basically energy self-sufficient and the Eurozone is, is, is more diversified in how they get their energy. Food prices, disrupted supply chain, some of that is Brexit related and Brexit's not helping. And then we have massive worker shortages as is estimated to be 330,000 fewer workers because of Brexit. Plus we have an aging population. So these things contribute to us having more inflation than our you know Eurozone peers are, um, are in the US. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, where interest rates are, I mean, some people saying um, peak rate rise. Some people yeah. are saying this is terminal interest rate, four and a half. Some people are saying we might get up to yeah. four, four, 4.75, even possibly above 5%. Yeah. Um, it all depends on how quickly that inflation number comes back. Um, not directly linked, but... Um, to compare against the others, FTSE 100 is up 3% year to date. Less. Well well observed, Tom. <laughs> is that less than 10%? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew you, you could do maths like that in your head. Very quick. I've always been known for my quick maths. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think what, I mean, there's there's a lot that affects the FTSE 100 that isn't necessarily yeah. UK economy based. It's a lot what, international, what, isn't it? What there are though is, is there are definitely anecdotal reports of you know the brexit effect in there yeah. in terms of if you're if you're a listed business in the uk a lot of them do um you know a lot of them are exporters effectively yeah um operating in different markets etc it's become more difficult yeah um, and, and i mean this may be a separate topic for a separate episode but there's been a deterioration in our in the perception of our um of our stock market London yeah. stock exchange so even now the even if you're a UK business, the biggest UK businesses are looking to the US to go and list there. Yeah, so um, that, that's another problem. So, you know, you, you're you not only having the actual structural problems of the, the businesses listed on the stock exchange dealing with the fact that they are UK businesses trying to export into a more mm. difficult regulatory environment, but you also have this fact, the fact that the FTSE is now and the London Stock Exchange and the stock market in the UK is viewed less favourably, as you yeah. say. And what that causes is a lack of liquidity in the market. Yeah. So there's fewer people trading shares mm. on that market mm -hmm. and therefore buying and selling is harder and therefore, you know, the demand that would push share values up isn't yeah. there. Yeah. Um, there's also been like an absolute drought of uh, what you call IPOs, yeah. um, initial public offerings where companies list on the stock market in yeah. the UK and so much so that, you know, you're seeing a bit of consolidation in the brokerage markets in the UK. Mm. So... These are the firms that help companies list on markets and then support the trading of their shares once they're listed. Yeah, you know those companies are actually struggling. They're struggling because the, the 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 London Stock Exchange is a place to list your company. Yeah, 
is now not as attractive. Yeah. So one another. final thing on the Bank of England was last month he, the guy got a bit of flack for this but one of the major main economists at the Bank of England said we all need to get used to being worse off in the UK which <sighs> is a, another positive message for Rishi Sunak to take into the next election but stop being so negative Tom because it now looks like the UK will avoid recession despite you talking it down <laughs> it's not something that you would not catch me doing no never I'm, you know, you're so patriotic and I'm not absolutely long live the king um <laughs> So um, that's it really in terms of yeah. quick summary of um, of where we're at. So effectively, US and Eurozone inflation looks to be on the decline. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result, we might be topping out on interest rates. Yeah. Um, the caveat to that is, you know, inflation is not 100% controlled by interest yeah. rates. So yeah. you might find that, um, you know, some sort of shock pricing from somewhere else comes in. You then on an, you then on into a case where interest rates might have to get painfully high, mm. um, uh, even more painfully high than they are. Yeah. Um, but it looks like, and the general trend seems to be that rates are topping out, but yeah. you probably won't see inflation fully come out the system yeah. for another year or two, or maybe even longer. Yeah. Um, and as a result, you might not necessarily see rates come down mm. quickly from here. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about actually sort of at the start of this year, there's a lot of talk about rates sort of going up and then quickly coming yeah. down by the yeah, end of the yeah. year. It doesn't seem it like doesn't it seem like that's what's gonna happen. No. Um so that's where we are. The UK, as I say, new inflation numbers out later this month. So you may find that they catch up with yeah. Europe and US in terms of getting that inflation number down. We'll we'll obviously pick that up if it if it yep. if it happens or otherwise um i suppose good thing to do would be to say what does it mean if, yeah. if you're an investor i think what was interesting looking at these the, the the performance of these stock markets that we've quoted here and thinking about that in the context of savings rates savings rates somewhere between what three to four percent in the uk what you can get instant yeah. access um which is obviously better than it has been for the past however many years since the global financial crisis still still negative in terms of if you when you factor in inflation um but i think these these stock market numbers are a good advertisement for staying invested because yeah. the stock markets have been beating savings rates even in an inflationary environment and so that's short-term focus um and that's not what we preach we, we think all you know about the super long term and investing for the long term but still even in a negative what would ordinarily be a negative environment for the stock market uh, they've held up and held up especially compared to savings rates as well yeah I mean I think what, what's what's a slight comfort if the, if you've got a slightly short time horizon or you're looking to put cash away for a for a you know an emergency fund or a buffer or whatever else is that if you're sat in cash now the gap between prevailing inflation rate and your mm. cash savings rate is narrowing yes I mean Instant access savings, three point five to three point seven in the yeah. UK. Notice accounts you can definitely get above four, yeah, four um, percent, four and a half even, depending on how long you're prepared to lock your money away for. But you know, headline inflation in the UK is still up near ten percent. Mm. Uh, if it comes down though, if it gets closer to sort of seven, you know, we were at a point not that long ago where savings rates were one percent or less. And mm-hmm. inflation wasn't far off ten yeah. percent, so that is narrowing. Yeah, and actually, a three and a half, four percent zero risk return, yes, isn't actually that bad. No, in terms of a place to just store your cash because mm-hmm. of utility purposes and all the rest of it. Yeah, but as you say, if you're thinking longer term, then even in an environment where it perhaps feels uncomfortable mm. being invested, you know, those year to date returns on the on the markets are still yeah, still positive, still reasonable. 
Stay invested. Stay hopeful. Stay diversified. <laughs> stay positive. Okay, let's leave that there. Stay, stay, <laughs> stay something else. Um, remember to breathe. Remember to breathe. Remember to walk. Remember to sleep. Drink water. Right, let's stop now. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.